warned that once you pick up a refreshingly cold drink from McDonald's and people see just how refreshingly cold that drink from McDonald's is, you may create drink envy. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. For a morning brew that really creates a stir, get any size iced coffee, including caramel and French vanilla, for just 99 cents before 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hey, <laughs> Shut up, Bill. Anyway. What a train uh, wreck. Yeah, see, Bill actually shut up. Hey, someone listens to me. It's a miracle. Hey, welcome to the Star Wars Legends podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy from Stupid Chainsaw Productions. Uh, my co-host here, Dylan, with his awful hairpiece. John you know, I just got it cut, too. I know. You cut the hair. You cut the toupee. That's a bad thing. That doesn't grow back. She gets hair buds. <laughs> Next, we have Bill returning with yep. what we discovered is not a shirt, but his skin is now gray and leathery. <laughs> um, next, we got um, Jordan, a dark Snovia. Uh, are, Hello. Known as the, the Riddler of the EU with his complex <laughs> questions that he makes us answer every week. And we got two new people with us today. We got Jay Rocks. How's it going, Jay Rocks? Hey, what's up, man? And we got our first woman on here. We got Reader1717. How you doing, Cammy? Good, guys. What's up? Thanks for asking me to come on the show. appreciate it. It's an honor. It's about time, by the way. And again, <laughs> for all the people, you know, who've been saying us and the Expanded Universe movements are, you know, bigoted and we're racist and sexist and all these things, I mean, this podcast is really proving just how diverse and wonderful we are. Because now, for the first time ever on this podcast, we have a Canadian on the show. There you go. <laughs> You are cancer, Dylan. <laughs> and our, our new show sponsor, Samuel Adams, for making the summer party back. Oh, no. Comcast is going to get mad, and they're going to cut out our connection again. Dude, and so will Metro PCS, our other show sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's begin here. Uh, we're going to go right to left like a manga here. So, Reader, how'd you get into the EU? Well, actually, I got into it because of you guys, Jeremy. Actually, you're the one who... I started watching your videos, and then uh, Matt, I started watching his videos, and then I just got hooked on the novels. So um, I haven't had too much experience with as many of the comics, except for what they did recently with Marvel. Uh, but it's really the books is where my heart is. With the EU. That's awesome. That's the correct answer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, J-Rocks, how'd you get into the EU? Well, like, after the movie came out, I started uh, typing Star Wars on the YouTube, and I started watching your guys' uh, chats. And I was like, oh, I think they made comics, and I think they started reprinting the Epic Collection for Marvel. They started reprinting the Dark Horse stuff. So I started buying it to kind of, I know there's a lot of characters that don't show up in the movies, so I kind of started buying some of those to get into... um. The bigger universe of Star Wars than everything else. Excellent. There we go. 
See, we got diverse. We got novels. We got comics here. You know. Okay. See, let's get into the topics here. And this is the part where I check out because I didn't read any news today, and I should—I really should have <laughs> instead of not doing anything. It's not really news today. It's news from the last time we recorded this. Okay, shut uh, up. Shut up. Stop contradicting me. Why do you always do this, Dylan? <laughs> it's it's a, part of our charm. You like to think of me as some sort of honky devil, don't you? <laughs> no. When have you ever seen a show where there's two people who always agree with you with, with each other and are buddy buddies that are that it's actually good? No, it's always two people who are different and getting on each other's nerves, and that's what everyone loves. That's what we do. Well, we hear all types of the uh, the argument. <laughs> anyway. All right. Dylan, we have it. tons of topics. I mean, we have tons of ones of topics. <laughs> um, basically, uh, if you haven't heard, James Cameron came out and saying some pretty interesting things about Star Wars and um, The Force Awakens and what Disney has done with it. I, uh, if this was an actual, like, you know, um, something that we did that, you know, we actually prepared for, I would probably have it up right now, but now that I'm seeing this, I realize I don't even know where that is, so i got to look for it. Uh, Bill, you seen it, right? I've I seen it. I haven't read it, because actually it's, by itself, it's quite boring, because all he's saying is what we've all been saying all along. Disney's uh, uh, Star Wars doesn't really equal up to the EU, but uh, what what really find interesting is that unlike previous comments that come out like this, people are actually agreeing with it, which is a big change from what we've seen in the past. Now, do you think this is because it's James Cameron? It's absolutely because it's James Cameron. There's not too many me people that can go toe to toe with Disney on on level of public opinion. Okay. Uh, well, anything else before I jump into my filthy judiciousness that is my life? Um, Fantasy Fight uh, released um, the uh, in-depth analysis of the two Wave 4 expansions, um, um, the uh, Imperial Interdictor one yesterday and then the Mon Calamari Liberty Cruiser today. So now we know exactly all the upgrade cards and stuff we're getting the new expansions, which is awesome. When those expansions comes out, uh, your guess is as good as mine with Fantasy Flight because they are—they could not be any more vague. Okay, uh, real quick, that's Armada, right? Yeah. Dylan, you're an Armada aficionado, correct? You're like uh, the Armada player in our Star Wars reviewers group. Uh, sure. Um, so who do you play with? Haha, <laughs> ha, ha, very funny. Uh, the correct answer would be John Sadler because you are John Sadler. I, like I am to not the filthy casual. I like to think you put a red <laughs> You know, you call him a filthy casual as you like, destroy him. There's a reason he no longer watches my videos. <laughs> oh, wait, you do, Dylan. Said, Give it a couple more weeks, John Sadler. We'll be begging to come back. To us, then give it another week. He'll start uh, calling us names again. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, he John Sadler. Watch my... 
he's probably he's still in the uh, he's still in reviewers at least, and he has a sock account somewhere in the alliance. Who knows? Who knows where the real John Sadler went? Oh wait, he's right here. Haha, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Sorry, I've I've landmined this joke for the episode. All right, Remind what else do we have to talk about? Speaking of landmines, let's talk about Star Wars Battlefront real quick. <laughs> so they released the new Bespin uh, map. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's 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 good. No mines. Right. So we got two new heroes in this pack. We got the hero we've wanted. You know, unlike last time. We got Lando. And I've been wanting Lando since Battlefront 2. And you know what happened when I played the the game on Sunday? I didn't get to play as Lando. Of course. I mean, what a stunner. You know, the one character I've wanted to play since, I don't know, 2005. I didn't get to play as. But I got to play as the other hero, Dengar. And let me tell you, he sucks. He deals a lot of damage, but naturally because of all of these characters are so broken, these DLC characters can deal a lot of damage, but you get shot a few times, you're dead. What a waste. Might as well stick to being the Emperor. Which reminds me, the Emperor's guards are now actually the, um, they're no longer sh the Red Shock Troopers, they're actually Imperial Guards now, with the same guns. They've changed the skins on them. Uh, I played the new uh, game mode, which is like a sabotage thing. You set these three bombs of the rebels, and then if they all blow up, you have to evacuate and hold this area for a number, oh, for a period of time, and then escape. Right. It's all right. It's nothing special. Um, it's difficult, but hey, that's um, it's a test to be having good gameplay. Also, uh, they added a new ship, the little Bespin pod ship um, that you see in Empire Strikes Back. That's fun to play. Uh, fly. Flies really slow, but actually can deal a lot of damage if you use it correctly. It also has a hammer. Uh, and also, they added a couple new guns that I haven't used yet because I haven't unlocked them. But other than that, it's about the same. Although the whole thing was they're using EU material for this. Which uh, is what we talked about last time. Which I can... Bill, what was it? I don't remember off the top of my head. Where did they pull it from? It was uh, from uh, Young Jedi Knights. It was a uh, uh, bio lab from Bespin. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Bespin map. It's all right. Uh, I'll know. have updates on that next episode when hopefully I get to play as Lando. Because you know, with EA, it's in, it's all in the DLC, as their mother says, <laughs> it's in the DLC. All right. Do we have any more topics? Well, there's a. Uh, we still haven't seen the fan uh, poll winner from Hasbro's Black Series last year, Revan. Oh yeah. It's been a year and it. Still hasn't hit the shelves. I think that's ridiculous. It is. You're about to get Dark Snowvia in full-on rant mode right now. <laughs> oh, well, I was be full-on rant mode a week ago. It's not <laughs> as bad because they also haven't uh, released Sabine, the other character from the pool that they 
if they had released her and not Revan, things would be looking really suspicious, True. especially with the whole shenanigans they pulled with the second place thing. What's and the really shenanigans with... Yeah. She looks better in her in, in that in the action figure form than she does in the actual series. Yeah. Well, that's well. Any I think it's looks better than that. Can we be honest? The ugly Martians look better than that. But they changed her costume style. Literally, they changed their costume style because Dave Filoni hates cosplayers. Yes, he said that. He said he likes screwing with cosplayers, so he keeps changing the outfits. Uh, Dave Filoni's a dick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dave Filoni is just like, you know, why can't I hold all these continuity errors? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we agreed to know what continuity meant. Um, <laughs> for those listening, these are all jokes we've said in the pre-show, but in order to milk them, I'm saying them in the actual show, so that more than six people for numerous times. So instead of six people hearing the joke, you know, it's nine people hearing them. <laughs> like how I said, this would be the first podcast where we have more people on the podcast than who would actually watch it. There's only eight people because there's only two people watching. Right. Let's see. I'm. Jesus, what a, what a nightmare. Google Plus sucks. So I'm trying to get people to watch this, and they're all having difficulty. That's why we have so few. Amen. Today. Is because it's fucking up on the other end. The Google Plus suck. Mm-hmm. What about you guys hear about the new Star Wars thing they're gonna make with campaign mode? What's there. that? Oh, uh, the, are you gonna talk about the Legos, Dylan? No, no, they made another. I know they made some type of Star Wars. They're making one, but they say they're gonna have campaign on it. You mean the fan-made Battlefront 3? Yeah. Oh, that. I forgot about that. We haven't talked about that in about five episodes, I think. I know. That happens when we actually put out episodes weekly. Dylan, you know what? I don't know why you decided to be my secretary, but this is terrible. (laughs) I know. We have nothing to talk about now. Yeah, well, this was going to be live Q&A, too, but I forgot to turn on the Q&A. Mm-hmm. We decided to roll with it anyway. Yeah, well, have we gotten any co- uh, questions yet? Well, actually, we'll open the floor now to questions while we do. We talk about what we're reading. Um, who wants to go first? Actually, maybe- uh, put, play random. J-Rox goes first because he's on the left. Okay, I I just I started reading this. It's like Omnibus of Star Wars. It starts off with Episode One. So the first few issues, I'm in the beginning. It's basically what's on the Phantom Menace, I guess. Oh God, I'm so sorry. You're reading. <laughs> right, that's what I said. Like, the worst. I was like, I don't know if it's gonna change. I assume it's gonna change as you go on. It's not gonna be exactly the same. So hopefully, it's uh. <laughs> What that was was a cash grab, first of all. When Phantom Menace hit, and I remember this at the age of four, it was almost as bad as Force Awakens, but there was more reading material for it. There was so much Phantom Menace garbage. Hell, there, in Wild Space Omnibus 2, it collects um, 
these comics, pod racing comics, that were supposed to be in fruit snack packages. What? Yes, what? that's how crazy it got with EU material. And it's all canon. All mm-hmm. that stuff, that's canon with um, not only the movie, but also the novelization of The Phantom Menace as well. Both mm-hmm. at the young adult uh, novelization and the comic adaptation. Um, now, how is, that, the no- is there a novel of um, Phantom Menace? Yes, uh, Terry Brooks wrote it. It's really good. Terry Brooks is an amazing author. My favorite living author. He did an amazing job. Yeah, that's what I was hoping here. I thought I barely started it, but I was like, when I noticed it was the same story, that's why I just hope it it could be the same story but written better. So that hopefully it's still good. It's they're awful. The Phantom Menace stories are awful, but don't worry, just plunge through it or skip it. There's really good stories in that omnibus. I'm just gonna say that one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna read through the whole thing because I wanna read through the whole collection. I think it's like 88, like it's like five of these. Um. Okay. So who's next? Bill. Oh, Bill is officially a person who can't read. Bill was reading the same thing he was talking about a couple episodes ago. Bill is working 60-hour work weeks plus running several lines pages. Runs he likes being everyone's secretary. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did do. I did buy a first edition hardcover Darth Bane and, Rats. Those are and two Star Wars scrapbooks from the Scholastics in the set in the 1990s. Do they have the stickers in them? Uh, let me see. I don't think so. I don't think it's not. I don't think that's kind of scrapbook. No, they, these do not have stickers in them. Okay. Because when you get the ones with the stickers or the tattoos, kids like me played with those stickers and tattoos. Of course you did. That's what they were meant for. <laughs> we weren't thinking of collecting long ways down the road. No, but sometimes they have a one where you put like certain coupons and stuff on and you know them and you get like comics or extra stuff and you know them. Yeah. Um, oh, we have a question. We have a question. Holy shit! We got to pause the reading. What's going on? Is Aboleth a Lovecraftian creature? Oh. <laughs> That's like asking, um, does Dave Filoni care about continuity? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Does J.J. Abrams have original ideas for movies? I mean, yeah, these are... Um, Super 8 was sort of... He totally of a, does. Everything he does has never been done before. Yeah, he's a, he's the next Steven Spielberg. Actually, no, that's M. Night Shyamalan. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I got the directors mixed up. And Roland Emmerich is a patriot. I mean, he's only... Destroyed the White House twice, almost three times. Don't see Independence Day resurgence. It's tough. Or will more than five people actually watch this podcast? Again, we don't know. These are all very great questions. I even uh, in, the, in the alliance shared in the alliance, and we only, and we are up to five people, which is amazing. But still, <laughs> that's five thousand members almost now. All right, let's go back to the reading since Bill hasn't read anything. 
except for Kenobi's blade. He read ten pages of that since the last time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a young adult novel. <laughs> well, I don't envy you in your work schedule at all. Neither do I. <laughs> all right, reader, what are you reading? Oh my God, I've, I'm I'm kind of like Bill, I think. I'm going to be put in the doghouse like Bill. Um, I haven't been reading as much as I would like to. I haven't I haven't finished the uh, the Dark Pages book yet. I haven't finished that yet, uh, but it's pretty amazing. It makes you think differently about the Phantom Menace. Yeah, you know what you should do when you finish that? Watch the Phantom Menace again. <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely. I, I kind of like all the Sith stuff. I like the dark side stuff. So, yeah. You know, if you guys have any other recommendations for what I should be reading. Oh God! If you want some Sith novels, yeah. Everyone's gonna say the Darth Bane trilogy. So let's just. Of put course, it. I started with that one. That was the first one I read. Okay. Yeah. Um. Gosh. I have Revan and. No, uh, I got. I don't know. I got a few books there. I haven't gotten to just yet. See if this um, up there. I'm looking right now. I don't know, honestly. Legacy of the Force. The oh, yeah? Well, the 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 rise and fall of Darth Titus, technically. Nice. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but you know, you, there's a lot of prerequisite reading to get. Sith, though. We could go Lost Tribe and Sith. But that's uh, Darth Bane trilogy would be there. Um, Dark Lord: The Rise of Darth Vader. Oh, I, yeah. That's a good one, I hear. Um, also, James Lucino, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Anything written by James Lucino? Um, he does a lot of this stuff to do with the dark side, does he? He has a lot to do with fixing things that George Lucas wrote wrong. Really? That he does it so well. Like, uh, he wrote Black of Evil, which is the sort of the Darth Plagueis for Revenge of the Sith. It sets everything up for that. Oh, nice. Um, he wrote Cloak of Deception, which is the rise of the Trade Federation, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. That was his first book. He wrote The Unifying Force, which tied up pretty much all of um, the loose plot lines and finished the uh, New Jedi Order. Um, he also wrote, what was it, The Edge of Victory duology? Right, that was kind of at the beginning. It was a lot of more setup stuff than. Which is good. Um, yeah, he wrote like, Millennium there's so Falcon. Much out there. there's, there's so much out there to read, and sometimes when you're new to it, like you want to read a lot, but you kind of want to read it in the order that it's supposed to be read in. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people do that, but one of the great things about Star Wars is you can pretty much pick it up anywhere. The books. Pretty much are standalone novels by themselves. Oh, well, unless they're part of a larger series. Specific series. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy, you you picked up um um see the fourth betrayal, and you knew exactly what was going on, right? For the most part, yeah. And but it made me want to read more, so I read Vector Prime. Mm -hmm. Basically, I've read the beginning of every event except for Fate of the Jedi. Um. Fate of the Jedi is uh, pretty good so far. Or I'll get into that when it gets to me. Well, reader, are you? Is that all you've read? Yeah, I'm. Um, right. Yeah. All right, Dylan. I'm really curious about you. You and your Road to Crucible. That's almost complete. I finished. I got off work. I had like three chapters left of Omen, so I finished that. And 
then I looked at the clock and we're like, okay, we're like 30 minutes away from recording, so I won't be able to start this. But I finished Omen, so I'm on Fate of the Jedi Abyss by Troy Denning. I am really loving this series so far. There's not a lot I can say because a lot of it is spoilers. Yeah, so don't. Uh, uh, basically, everyone dies. Um, nothing is solved. Actually, the book, the series completely ends. The entire galaxy blows up in the second book, and then the other seven books are just like blank pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so R2 never talks to the Keeper of the Wills? Huh? So R2, R2 never gets around to talking to the Keeper of the Wills? No. Oh, Damn. Where the hell will we get the script for episode four? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Dark Snowvia. Dark Snowvia, is Metro PCS being a piece of shit again? Our show sponsor, by the way. They're being a great sponsor. Great. Oh, we got another question by the same guy, Nexus Prime. <laughs> God, what did he yeah. say? Could there be a connection between the Vongs getting exiled and the Rakta losing the ability to use the Force? Yeah. It's probably the same technique. Yeah, well, we talked about this, I think, before. Yeah, we talked about this. I think Bill was on the episode, too. We talked about... We talked very briefly about this. And was this when I was falling asleep, almost? Yes, I don't remember right. it. Falling right. asleep. It's like 2 in the so morning. It's extremely different from right now when you're also, you know, completely you awake. this gray skin right now. But, yeah. Um, oh, my God, Bill. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that looked, ag it looked like agony right there. <laughs> the Ricotta, there's a lot about the Ricotta we don't know, especially their eventual fall, how it happens, and what their aftermath is. Because we kind of know that they're still around, but extremely rare and um, in the unknown regions, kind of. And the Vong are from another galaxy. And actually, um, if you've read uh, the, final, the Final Prophecy and the Unifying Force of the New Jedi Order, it goes a lot into the history of the Vong. And they're kind of not going into spoilers here, uh, but they're definitely from another galaxy. They're definitely, um, there definitely was an event that caused them to that caused them to um, leave the Force, which the reasons, unless there's something we really don't know about the Ricotta, are reasons I don't think that the Ricotta would also have fallen. I think it's more of just coincidence and two things kind of happening and people are drawing conclusions, but my read on after finishing New Jedi Order is no, but it's possible because there's just so much about the Ricotta we don't know. What do you find the most interesting faculty to be? The most interesting what? Faculty, like between the Empire, the Jedi, the Republic, Rebels. Most interesting. Uh, oh, Jesus. J-Rocks, you're going to replace Dark Snowvia in tough questions. <laughs> oh! oh, oh. Dark Snowvia's taking that as a challenge. Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, my favorite... Organization Black Sun. <laughs> Black Sun right there. We gotta get that Prince Zeezer in there. He that dude's a pimp. Alright. He's here tonight. It's all the ladies. Imperial Knights. Yeah. 
Because we still don't know about how... Are we going to get into the legacy discussion again? No, Imperial Knights is boring. They are. We don't know anything about them. They're they're, they're grumpy Jedi. (laughs) They're grumpy neutral Jedi. (laughs) They're not neutral. They're not grumpy. They serve their own order. The order just happens to be the Emperor. Every one of the legacy one besides... Well, the princess fell was just... You still haven't finished Legacy 1. It's so bad. I don't know. I at least have finished Invasion. I at least finished Invasion. Well, you, you need to finish your Road to Crucible. I don't need you to can... finish Legacy and to finish my Road to Crucible. All right? Because it's right after Crucible. So you need to know what happens after. So you can... The true... In my opinion, the true... the um. Testament to the road to Crucible is not only getting all the way to the timeline, to but knowing everything that happens so you can speculate what happens in the 90 years in between. But not knowing the end goal diminishes your ability to do that because you don't know all the story um, lines that they've. I know enough in. of the storylines. I've read the majority of Legacy. But you didn't read the Legacy series. Show. What? Are you, are you talking crap, Dylan? Yeah, you exactly. didn't, you didn't get to the best part of it, which was the ending. And not because it was the ending. It was a great finale. Yeah, yeah it was war, like every... It and, was the best war miniseries that Dark Horse ever did, which I know is not saying much. Horse War was pretty good. I don't know. Alright. Right, Dark Snowvia, what do you read for it? Well, well, there's too many things I could list, but I'm still reading the Crystal Star for my Star Wars reading. I'm also reading Rogue Squadron, the first book of the X-Wing series. Game Have of Thrones, which is... What? Have you read the X-Wing Rogue Squadron comics? Um, unfortunately, no. Oh yeah, and you don't write, you don't buy anything with a Legends banner on it. <laughs> I just got those, but I haven't read them either. I want to do My favorite part is the Rebels, with uh, the pilots and all that, the uh, firefighters, the main fighters. You should watch my reviews on um, the first six volumes of that. Go up on my channel. You can get a good, good feel for that series. Even though I'm gonna probably remake them next year. Spoilers. Yeah, I got the three like uh, books like this, but I think I'm gonna replace them with the rest of the collections because they're a Unfortunately. little. Unfortunately, what, 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 what are you gonna say, Unfortunately, for the for the Rogue Squadron comics, I may I may have to wait until Marvel reprints the entire series under the Epic Collection. They got the first half of it out already. Yeah. The first yes, one's out, and the next one comes out in a few months. Man, that show sucks. The second one comes out in like three months. Dark Snowvia does not like buying Legends banner stuff. It upsets me. Nope, I do not. And we've had this discussion before, but we've had this discussion off screen, off camera. There's little bit more effective thing than we can do than to buy folks new, and that really means buying with Legends banners on it, despite how much we don't care for that. But if we want to make an impact <laughs> on Disney, it's to buy the books. 
No, I bought a Legends Banner book the other day. The other two books I bought just happened to not have Legends Banner on them. But that's spoiling my next haul. Uh It's actually, uh, it's actually a, in my opinion, or kind of obviously, it's a good sign seeing Legends Banner's books because that means that the bookshelf at one point had a non-Legends Banner book in it. Someone bought it, and then there's like, oh, people are buying these books. We need more. So then they got the Legends. It's basically a book that's been published in the last two years, meaning people have bought it within the last two years. So that and the big one, which is if we have a bunch of people in the movement who aren't supporting the Legends banner, we they do decide to continue the expanded universe, and it does get continued. Sword of the Jedi comes out with a big Legends banner on it, and no one buys it because no one's buying the Legends banner. It would basically again. It would basically destroy everything that we work for. Because okay, we gave you your chance, we gave you your novel, no one bought it, so we're not going to do it anymore because it doesn't make money like you said it would. In my opinion, the movement would be dead if that happened. Not to be the Debbie Downer. No, you're absolutely right, Downer. He gets down on me when I drink. Sammy <laughs> Adams, show sponsors, send me free beer, please. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for those of you who uh, don't know, the history of this podcast is uh, Jeremy just wanted um, a podcast so that he could get free beer. This of was course. the only uh, reason we did this podcast. The first 13 episodes has just been filler to establish our credibility and to get guest hosts on here just so we can seem like a podcast. But yes, this has been the end goal the whole time. None of this at all matters. <laughs> Jeremy yeah, just uh, wants beer. I need more Samuel Adams. <laughs> He's not the only one who has a beer. I have one too. <laughs> Some whiskey. Alright. Where were we? Uh, Dark Snowy was talking about what he was reading. <laughs> we were told off track. Yeah. Nexus Prime has yet another question. Let's see. <laughs> well, Dark Snowy finishes what he's reading. Why am I holding a brush? <laughs> Yeah, I have that's, a, that's a good I have to point with something. <laughs> I, I just grab whatever, but I don't know why there was a brush sitting on my PlayStation 4. <laughs> I genuinely don't have a clue. Yeah, don't bring it off. But that's supposed to be for the shower. I don't know why it's out here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Dark Snowy, finish up what you were talking about your reading and then we'll get to the question. And then we'll get to what well, I'm for my non-Star Wars related stuff, I was about to say I'm reading Game of Thrones, and I don't yes. know if you've seen this in one of my hauls, but I'm reading this, Terminator Infiltrator. Hmm. Oh, jumping into that Which, Terminator. At the time it was published, Terminator 3 wasn't even a thing, so you guess you could consider it the uncanon sequel to Terminator 2, or not, not uncanon, the first sequel that was conceived. It's better than the actual movie, which which isn't really saying much because anything's better than Terminator 3, Salvation, and Genesis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill has a special hard-on for Genesis for no reason. It tied everything together. It, it did not tie anything together. It made it more confusing. <laughs> no, it didn't. It, it, a bunch of it explained why, why all the different timelines were and fixed it back into the one main timeline. Prometheus did a better job of explaining it, like explaining and tying everything together. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Prometheus had better acting by far. Even the, 
Even the Force Awakens Seriously, did a better when job this podcast of is over, explaining the universe. I'll, I'll give you a link that explains the timeline perfectly. It makes sense once you watch that video. Is it really Prometheus? Prometheus? Yeah, Genesis explained it to me. Bill. Bill. <laughs> how do we get to Terminator Genesis? You know how people say they need to pray the game away? We need to pray the Terminator Genesis away. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was really offensive to I'm reading way too many books. Right. I think I need to slow down my reading and just Actually, stick to no, one to or two books at a time. Dark Snowy, I need to read some of the Aliens books, so that way we can actually talk about things. Or you can just finish the Rogue Squadron series so we can talk about that. How are you liking Rogue Squadron 1, by the way? It's really good. It's really good so far. It makes me regret rushing to get to New Jedi Order, honestly. Give me a chance to, to get to know the characters better. Right. Yeah, there's a few from there that show up. Can't really talk about it more until I've actually read it um, fully. Yeah. But I have to resist reading it because the Crystal Star, unfortunately, is something I have to finish. Otherwise, right. if I get to my 29th episode, I'll have no choice but to read the Crystal Star. That's a harsh punishment I don't wish on anybody. Uh, all right. It's bad enough my brother has to read it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to some questions real quick before we get to what I'm reading. Uh, Nexus Prime asks, could it be that the dark side can turn into the anti-force from Waru's universe, like some kind of transition? Oh. Who the hell knows? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? When it comes to Waru, we only know that he should be our president. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that reminds me, our uh, campaign sponsorship for Waru. Waru for president, mm-hmm. He'll build a wall around the new cabinet. And make Bob Iger pay for it. Yes. He and Dave Filoni have quote-unquote become friends. Unfortunately, <laughs> he did fire Matt Wilkins from being his campaign sponsor. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but, you know, with all that That's stuff... That's unfortunate. ...about him, you know, deleting emails from Eric Eller, you know... Sweet Jesus. I knew you would find something. <laughs> Alright. Okay, Frank Miller's evil hat has finally sent us something. I didn't know we were having a live stream. One of the things I dislike about the new canon is it's not unique. Oh yeah! Alright, that, that segues into my reading, which I'm reading New Republic Bloodline right now. Bloodlines. It is so boring. My God. I can't actually read the book. I had to get the audiobook. And it's just still boring. I'll be running for like a couple miles on my treadmill. And, I'll be and then you'll just start vomiting because it's so bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not Chuck Windig bag. There's no like ankle biter brigade or space diapers. Or anything like so fucking stupid like that, but it's just terrible. I mean, this cold Claudia Gray is the greatest thing in sliced bread business. It's just, it's not there for me. I'm really not liking this at all. I think it's 
it's how not to write po Star Wars politics. It reminds me of how in The Phantom Menace, when it gets to the politics, you fall asleep, and then you wake up and realize nothing happened. <laughs> and you wake it, up and they're on Naboo for some reason. Yeah. It's like that. It's not like how James Lucino writes politics, which is how you should write space politics. But no, we got we got to have populists and centrists. You know, like Republicans and Democrats. What do you guys think? Have you guys read The Knights of the Old Republic? What about Knights of the Old Republic? <laughs> hmm. What do you guys think about that series? That's good. That's actually that's a good series. Yeah, I've been reading. I was just finished reading the first volume, the first three volumes, and and I really enjoyed. It. I thought that was real good. Yeah, you need to whole backstory on Stick with that, and don't worry about the vector storyline. Don't read the tie-ins. It's bad. <laughs> it's such a bad event. Don't read. Oh, that's right. There's still questions from last week we need to answer. Yeah, we'll get to that at the end. But also, Thanks, got another one. Yeah, let me finish. Let me finish what else I'm reading because I only have one more thing left. I'm reading the Marvel comics, the original Marvel comics. I am on the Doom World storyline, which is issues 11 through I think 14 or 15. Uh, basically, Crimson Jack is back, the Flash Gordon ripoff pirate who stole all of Han Solo's money he got from Princess Leia at the end of A New Hope. And he's like, okay, Hansel, since you don't have money, you're going to die. And don't worry, I've ca captured Princess Leia. And so Hansel is like, you know what, there's all this money on blah, blah, blah planet. Well, it happens to be the Doom World that Luke was sent to base that's completely a water planet. And there's pirates on it. And right now Luke is trying to save R2-D2 and C-3PO from becoming scrap metal and Luke being murdered by these pirates. And they're built. They're helping them fix their boats and stuff. It's really fun. It's meant for kids, but it's just really a fun read. It's not like the new Marvel stuff. It's just um, poopy trash, for lack of a better term. You know, it's just I, it's something I'd line my garbage can with. You know. Okay, let's get back to the questions, Dylan. Dylan, read. <coughs> Frank Miller says, or Frank Miller's evil hat. What, my, my question is, uh, what are the best 90s Star Wars novels? XD, whatever that means. Uh, the, that's an emoji. Don't worry about I it. Was, I, was being, I was trying to be funny. You, you aren't funny, except for your terrible hairpiece. Right. Anyway, um, the Thrawn trilogy. That's too obvious, though. And the Hand of Thrawn oh, trilogy. Uh, Jedi Academy trilogy. Well, it's kind of hard with the 90s because the Jedi Academy trilogy, a lot of people like it, but a lot of people don't like Anderson's writing. It's kind of the same way with a lot of the Bantam books where it's hit or miss, either not kind of the Timothy Zahn's books, either people love it or people hate it. Except for, of course, Planet of Twilight and Crystal Star, which I think everyone hates and like two people love. But the ones other than the Thrawn trilogy and the Thrawn books are what um, Dark Snowy is reading right now, the X-Wing novels. They are fantastic. Uh, I would say Truce of Bacora or Sh and Shadows of the Empire. Are yeah, some excellent reads. Definitely oh, Shadows right. of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire is probably like one of the greatest reads. Someone got a Facebook message, by the way. Uh, was it, who got a Facebook message? Uh, that was me. That was me. Oh, because <laughs> I was gonna say mine doesn't sound like that normally. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any more. <sighs> what else was in the 90s? Black it was basically Black just Bantamera stuff, so... Yeah. It was only bad. Actually, 1999, we got Delray stuff. Vector oh, so comes if you're counting 99, Vector Prime's really good, but that's kind of... And the Phantom Menace novelization. Right. The, the and I think the first... The Dark the 90s? Yeah, uh, Tales of the Jedi came out in the late 90s. Dark, the Dark Empire trilogy... Think Crimson Empire won. What was X-wing Rogue Squadron? Tales of the Jedi was their second. It was it was Dark Empire, Tales of the Jedi, then Crimson Empire. If I, yeah, that sounds right. Of course, the Dark Forces trilogy. We can't forget that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Which is a Dark Horse did novelizations, which they weren't allowed to do, of the Dark Forces games, and they had um. Artists come in and do these beautiful paintings in the books, but they're literally graphic novels. They're novels, and they got pictures of them. It's really, but really do they move? Good, uh, good art. It's all right storytelling. William C. Ditz does an all right job of video game adaptation. Uh, let's look here. What are we? The nineties. Uh, I can't think of anything. X-Wing Rogue Squadron, but I've already said that. Yeah. But when it comes to comics... The comics... The young books. novel, Young Jedi Knights is really good. Um, they're definitely kids' books, though, but yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, well, there's... Jim D. Anderson again. I mean, yeah. It was the mis... I like the 90s because it was like the mystical era of Star Wars. There was so much Sith magics and stuff that they got right. away from after the order. But I would say that the night while they're while they're good and fun, it gets a lot more rewarding as you continue because the old plots start actually mattering and then things build off of each other. And it kind of goes uh, against what we said earlier that the novels are standalone. They, they pretty much are. You can pick up the first book of anywhere in the timeline and they'll do a good job of explaining what's going on. But if you've had the backstory, uh, if you've already read the backstory to it, it makes, the, it makes your experience a lot better. In fact, I'll almost... Oh, go on... I would almost say that if you're going to read the novels out of out of order, like start start like in Fate of the Jedi, if you're gonna if you're that crazy enough, uh, after you read the other stuff, uh, I would reread the series just so just to just so you can go through and see all the little references and stuff that you missed, all the people that you were like, hey, I know that. Oh, that was that that was from him that there because. Yeah, like, for instance, I'll use this as an example, Darth Plagueis, because um, reader's reading. Um, it's a good book on its own. It's an even better book when you've read, say, the Darth Maul four-issue miniseries that came out. In, like the comic? Uh, yeah, the comic. His okay. reference in there where he takes on the... Uh, he takes on Black Sun. It's oh, that's a kind of a it's a mild spoiler. I don't know if you've gone when Darth Maul shows up in the book yet or not. No, not yet. But that's okay. That's fine. Uh, they talk about the Dalmere witches in there briefly. You, there's references to Book of Deception, which is also an, it's another James Lucino book. There's a reference 
to the Django, the uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter video game because the Bandalgora are mostly referenced in there. Every everything that was in that sort of era in Star mm-hmm. Wars is referenced in Darth Plagueis. Really? Maul Rockwell was written afterward, but then that references Darth Plagueis. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, um, like I read a lot of '90s, like Excalibur and X-Men and X-Factor and stuff like that. And by the time they came out, there's a lot of references about like movies or, or stuff that was happening at that time. And if you read it now, you might not remember some of it because you don't get like the joke. Yeah. If you were around back then when they came out, you'll you'll know what they're talking about. Well, that's what's kind of cool about the EU is that there's so much stuff that's connected in other media, like video games and like board games and you know, like a role-playing games, whatever. Mm-hmm. Comics. It's just there's a lot. Mm-hmm. It can be overwhelming too. Like if you're new. And yeah. You just, yeah. It it can be a little overwhelming because because of stuff like what you just were talking about, Jeremy. Like the referencing yeah. from different places. I mean, I wouldn't well, recommend starting with Star Wars Union, the comic. Because that's just all cameos and references. That is. <laughs> my, I have. I like to think I have a semi-decent idea, uh, knowledge of that era of the EU. I was confused as to who was who. Like you get people from Jedi Academy, Rogue Squadron. What dark Snowy? Why, why are you talking over me? <laughs> that comic is the bane of my existence. I, I I cannot get it in my collection because it's so damn expensive on eBay and Amazon. Oh yeah, I, I paid a, a little bit for that, and I wanted to got it in hardcover because my paperback's so thrash the the one I bought. But I got Jedi versus Sith in hardcover. One of the third the um. 30th anniversary hardcovers. I don't know if you, any of you remember that. Oh, Jedi vs. Sith, another... Um... That came out in the early 2000s. Early 2000s? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was the late 90s. Okay. No. I remember when that came out in Star Wars Insider. And I'm like, Jedi vs. Sith, this looks like a kid's book. And then I actually read it and realized it was a pile of trash. <laughs> and it was not a kid's book. It's yeah, not a kid's book. It has it really has... friendly art. Like it reminds me of the Runaways. I don't know if any of you read yeah. that from Marvel. It reminds me a lot of that. I mean, like has, to be fair, it has kids in it. It's just not, not a kids book. Oh yeah, yeah. Kids losing limbs everywhere. <laughs> children on the battlefield for no reason. Pe- children who are literally drafted to be on the battlefield. Yeah. Pretty much. Brutal. And I'm like, why are the Jedi functioning like this? Well, I mean, so- there's a, they, there's they kind of had to, but at the same time, it was like, uh, I I get why the Rusan reformations happened. Well, you read Path of Destruction, reader, right? Yep. It's the end of Path of Destruction, only from the Jedi's perspective. Oh, okay. And this was written a long time before Path of Destruction came out. And it's a, it's just a complete mess because the only thing out about Darth Bane at that time mm-hmm. was Kevin J. Anderson's short story in the Star Wars Gamer. Okay. And basically, uh, George Lucas's notes on Darth Bane. Because he's a Lucas character, believe it or not. He, he is. Yes, George Lucas came up with him along with Plagueis and a whole bunch of the Sith. Right. In fact, 
he just came up with them just for not reference in the Phantom Menace, I think, and he didn't use them. But he told Terry Brooks about all of this. But he wrote oh. the Phantom Menace. And okay. it, yeah, it's certain th- certain characters are actually George Lucas characters. Wow. Even though they never show up. Well, I mean, Quinlan Voss, you can technically say, is a George Lucas character because he's in one frame of the Phantom Menace. Uh, but I don't know. You could debate that because I don't remember when his storyline came out in the Republic comics. It could have been slightly before Episode 1 came out. So, like, what do you guys think about that whole conspiracy rumor thing about Snoke? Pages. Uh, that's mm. that's someone who's die curious. <laughs> it really well, is. because no, Plagueis is technically canon because he's mentioned in Revenge of the Sith. That's right. He yeah. So is Darth Bane's technically canon too because he's in Filoni's Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And his apprentice, but um. But she's not called Darth. Donna isn't canon because. Darth Bane just uh, said that I had apprentice. So there's a human female who was his apprentice. That's can that's canon. But the fact that Darth Zana, that's not canon. That's how the new canon works. That's confusing. Yes. So aggravating. And then they have mechs and blimps in the new canon because they're lazy. And then everyone thinks that's the greatest story ever written because Charles Soule wrote it, and it's terrible. Well, it's the only the greatest story ever written when you know you're going against such heavy hitters like Chuck Wendig and Kevin Hearn and um, you know any of the other Marvel comics. Yeah. Okay. Good writers not allowed to write well. That's the Marvel way now. That really is. In my <laughs> in, in all honesty, they just their editorial just needs to be fired. Yeah, well, it's all the characters that are, like, they've been an awful long time. I dodged a bullet. Derek you like to throw that in my face whenever I say I suffered through something. (laughs) Well, I I didn't read that. (laughs) I actually have standards. Oh, you you know what, Dylan? Go away. (laughs) Take your terrible toupee and just leave. And my terrible lighting? That I had to move my lamp over? Tonight. I, I, I had to I move my lamp over to try to help to help it out, but I just realized it just made it worse. It looks like Wait, what about the stories in the the stories in the video games? Are they important to the stories in the novels and to the tie-in anyway? Okay, this is how a video game works. It was at secondary canon, which means the events in the video game happened, but not the way you played them. Mm-hmm. For instance, there's a light side and dark side ending with most games, like. Force Unleashed, they're, they're, the dark side ending is you kill Darth Vader. Uh, of course, that didn't happen in Force Unleashed. That couldn't happen because it happened before the original trilogy. That yeah, order didn't do all of the crazy crap that he did in the game. Um... Yeah, Other but, examples are like in uh, Knights of the Old Republic. In the first game, you can make Revan, who, spoiler alert, is the protagonist, you can make him a, make him a female. But obviously, in-universe, Revan's a male. And then the second game, you could make um, 
the exile a male when really she was a she was a female. Other things like that, and then decisions you can make throughout the game, uh, even as much as like who you have in your party at different times in the game. I mean, change the story for certain yeah. events. Because you can have completely different characters than actually, you know. There's only one way that things can't could have happened. So when you play the game, there is a way that you can get the the complete canon um, playthrough of it, or as complete as possible. But the way you that the game works and the way you can play it, you most likely aren't. You most likely does something that contradicts the canon. So yeah, that's really yeah, how the S canon. Yeah, they give you options so the game will be uh, right. So the game won't get repetitive if you play it again or whatever. Right. What about which one do you guys think is better? The one, the Star Wars that are shooting games, or the ones where you use the lightsaber? Oh God damn! Because the lightsaber ones were always kind of weird to work. With. They had. Uh. uh yeah. Ah, shooting games. I, I'm a fan of the first Dark Forces game. Before the end, the uh, created lightsaber combat, which is the most awkward thing in those games. Bill's yeah. nodding and agreeing. Yes, I can't stand first-person lightsaber combat. And that's what I was talking about. The lightsaber, it it really took until, um, in my opinion, it took until the Fortune Leash to kind of get it passable. Well, Battlefront 2 wasn't bad. Right, but it was a lot of button mashing, which Force Unleashed was kind of button mashing too. Well, yeah. Force Unleashed is a beat em up, really, if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a double whereas, dragon. Whereas Dark Forces was supposed to be a Doom clone. In fact, it's using. It's the same company, or some of the people from that made Doom and Quake made Dark Forces. I think it uses the Quake engine, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, like, I just like I remember playing the Clone Wars video game, and anytime you're on foot in that game is oh just oh god, it's horrible. Oh you my remember, god, um, like put me back in a tank, please. Rogue Squadron three, the the ground missions. I oh. do not. I didn't play that game. Oh, that is the, that is the uh, you talk about clunky. That game that felt really tacked on at the end. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm going to mend that. I think the first time they got it right was the Lego Star Wars games. Yeah. Okay. Those are fun. Those are super fun. I really wish they would have made one involving the EU. Oh, that was... You know I made a character, Mara Jade, in that game? I did, too. Oh, no. We lost Reader. She does sponsor uh -oh. Comcast. <laughs> oh, Riding crap. Really expensive, shitty internet. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. We lost our only woman. Speaking of um, uh, Lego Star Wars games, apparently if you pre-order... This is kind of old news now, but if you pre-order the Lego Star Wars Force Awakens, then you got an Empire Strikes Back skin pack or something, or a character yeah, thing. Yeah, got some DLC missions. That's what killed Lego games for me. Was the DLC for Lego games? Because Lego games are meant for kids. If I, I'm not, I'm not wrong there. No. They're fun. For, they're all ages fun games. You know what's not meant for kids? DLC. Yeah. Most comprehend that the game is that DLC even exists unless it's an amiibo, which they can chew on while they play their game. Or dimensions. 
which is just taking it way too far, in my opinion. That is cringeworthy. Watch the Dose of Buckley's video on all that. He shares my points. Although I have thought about making a camera about Amiibos. Do it. If, if you don't, if you guys <laughs> don't, don't know start on Amiibos. Basically, Amiibos and Lego Dimensions and um, Disney Infinity, if you know what that, it's basically a concept of and you buy a game and then you buy all the characters. And the character is this little plastic toy thing that you put on like a platform and then the platform you can play the game. And Dimensions takes it even further in having levels that come with it. So you have to buy the individual levels which come with these little plastic things or little Lego sets in order to play the game. And it's gotten to the point where in the new Lego Dimensions game, I mean, if you played the original, the first Lego Star Wars game that they ever did, there were, uh, it had episode one, two, and three, six missions, and then a bonus mission, which was yeah, episode an episode four mission. It was sort of, um, it was the beta for the first mission in Lego Star Wars 2. Right. It was it was pretty much, in order to unlock that, by the way, was close to like 12, 15 hours of gameplay. I, I, I would I imagine. All the money in the whole game. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind getting a, a Lego Star Wars type of game, but where they're not Lego, where like it's better graphics. Over that type of gameplay, that's because that's always entertaining, like puzzle solving. Yeah. That variety. I'll never forget when Lego Star Wars 2 came up with punching. Mm -hmm. get, like, oh, yes. That, to make, was, like, that was something I didn't think was missing, and then when I played Lego Star Wars 1 again after playing 2, I'm like, it's missing. I, I can't know. Work it makes the blaster characters actually good. But the thing is, that's at least. Like 12, if you're really good, you could probably do it in 10, but that uh, 8 to 10 hours, but 8 to 12 hours of gameplay in order to get through that game. And when you play the Lego Dimensions, the retail, it retails just like any other game. You get um, one mission and three characters, which I, uh, Bedosa Buckley says this, but there's playthroughs on YouTube where people go through it in like 30 minutes. And they're pretty much done. Maybe like another 30 minutes to an hour to quote-unquote perfect the game, but you're paying full price for something you can finish in two hours. It's, But you have to get more LEGO. In order to get more levels for more, for more game, to play it longer, you have to pay even more to get the more levels and the more characters and... But this is getting extremely off-topic. <laughs> Isn't this the point of the podcast? I mean, we're, we're kind of still talking about Star Wars. We're referencing the original Lego Star Wars games. If we want to get back on a com, uh, on the topic, Frank Morris has another comment. Okay. Bill's not going to read it too because he's too asleep right now. Yes, I am. I'm getting quite tired. Bill, the Xanax abuser of this podcast. <laughs> One thing I think they need to do is speed up the new EU process so they can move on. I'm tired of them waiting to see what they will do. It feels like the new EU has no solid foundation. Well, I have a theory on this. It's not everyone... They're not allowed to speed this up at all. You're not allowed to write about Luke after a certain point. I think... Claudia Gray probably got slapped across the face for even mentioning Ben Solo's training with Luke Skywalker and 
New Republic bloodline should probably get banned from writing Star Wars after that. But like that's the only that's like the latest mention of Luke. This new EU they have, and it's like, like oh yeah, Luke's training my son right now, and I don't get to see him anymore. That's it. That's it. But there's like certain things you can't write about. You can't write before episode one, I guess. I don't know. It's terrible. It's tedious. I wonder if this is what casuals felt like when the original EU was coming out with the Zon books. Yeah, you think when the new Marvel oh. came out, um, if you didn't know all this stuff about the old Marvels, about the old Darth, about uh, Star Wars, you think you would have enjoyed it more? Uh, no. The new Marvel stuff was just so badly written in general. It's just really dumb. Reader gave up on it a lot sooner than I did. Yeah, I did. I just I couldn't. I was I was enjoying the novels, like the EU novels more, and I was just like, I'd rather go back and read the Dark Horse stuff. And this is the <laughs> Okay. It only it only took me a month to give up on the a new, new canon. Jordan, it's no need to. There's no need to go out here. All right. <laughs> All right, Reader, Reader, I got you. I got a question for you. What okay. are <laughs> I think you're giving me too much credit, Jeremy. I, I, you're the reason I even read Wonder Woman. So. Oh. Well, I'm happy for that. So that's awesome. Your new, your opinion on the new Wonder Woman series? Go. Love it. Love it. Redemption. Is it as good as the George Perez stuff? Uh, no. George Perez is probably... I mean, his run was gold, I think, in terms of Wonder Woman. He just did everything right, um, and it was the right time. But I think what they're doing now, considering the 52 was a big, fat mess, um, I think what they're doing now with Rebirth in general is, is a good, positive direction, and where they're taking Wonder Woman is definitely... In the right direction. What other rebirth did you read, um, Peter? Um, Flash, and uh, Detective Comics, yeah, and, Batman uh, and what's that? Batman or Aquaman? You didn't read those? Batman. You know what? I don't even know if I'm going to stick with Batman because it's just everyone's saying that Tom King's a really good writer, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he did a good job apparently on on Vision, but I don't know. It's just not doing anything for me. It's so weak. It's one so It is. I know, but it just you know it doesn't it didn't grab you. It, just, it should have been more than what it is. You didn't feel like Batman was gonna die in the plane. So that was the best part. That was awesome. I will say him him straddling the plane and like controlling that was pretty intense. But when Gotham Man and Gotham Girl showed up, that was like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah, exactly. Thing during the whole Bloom story arc that Scott Snyder did, I was just like, I want to see like a few more issues to see what what is gonna happen. But I thought the whole issue was like a lot of tension. Oh, it's supposed to be building up tension. Like, what's gonna happen? Can he stop the plane? 
that we're just like a regular human trying to stop a, a plane, you know, with a human with no powers. I don't know. I felt it was kind of meh. I think out of out of everything that's come out, I think that's to me that's the weakest weakest book. Yeah, I liked Aquaman. I thought Aquaman was good. Aquaman was pretty awesome. I think action was the best last week by far. A lot of people, lot of people are loving Superman right now. Yeah, he's, it's Superman the Superman too. I've always wanted. And New 52 failed for like the last five years trying to bring that out. Yep. Yeah, him fighting Doomsday for a whole issue, that was pretty awesome. Nifty 2 was just a hot mess. Uh, but the thing was, it had such... It started off... Some of the... Well, a lot of it was trash. I mean, can we talk about Stormwatch here and how, how shitty that was? <laughs> I, no one likes to remember that that happened. It was so bad. But, like, Batman was really good. That whole Owls story arc, that, yep. that lasted a year. Um, Nightwing was fantastic. Batgirl, of course, you know, Gail Simone. My homie. <laughs> I didn't know you were a fan. Oh, yeah, I love Batgirl. Are you going to be reading it in the Rebirth? I don't know, because I hated when Gail Simone left the book and the tonal change. I was I, very, I, very upset. I liked it at first. And then it just, I couldn't, after a while, I was like, this is going completely, completely wrong. Well, it wasn't the Barbara Gordon that had been established. And I'm all about that continuity, even though DC decided after Convergence to throw that out the window and just made everything a mess. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I assume so. I'll pick up the Rebirth one shot. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I... Test everything out. Pick up the Rebirth one-shot, and if I like it, I get issue one. Although, I will say the exception to that was Green Arrow. I hated the Rebirth one-shot, but loved issue one. Really? I thought, well, because it was so over-the-top political, and I don't want politics in my comics. I, if it's subtle, it's fine, but when he called himself a social justice warrior, I was like, Really? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that was probably a little bit too much. I, um, I get that he's for that, but have it more subtle. That, yes. That's just bad writing right there. Yeah, the writing should tell you that, that he's for that. He shouldn't have to state it as a character himself. Yeah, you shouldn't have to point it out. You know, that's why the Mike Grohl run to me for Green Arrow is, like, amazing. But I've never read Green Arrow. That run came out, like, you know, at the same time as where, you know, DC took everything dark, even Marvel with, like, Daredevil and Batman and everything. And no one ever really talks about Longbow Hunters, which was just originally, like, a miniseries. And then, you know, that's what spawned the Mike Grell's run on the series, period. And it's very gritty, and it's very violent, and some nasty things happen in that book, but nobody really ever talks about it. Huh. Weird. It's, yeah. Isn't it weird that there's those certain runs that no one talks about, but they're really good? Mm-hmm. Like, no one talks about Garth Ennis' Punisher Max run. They talk about his Marvel Knights Punisher run, but they never really talk about the Max run. They go better. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like, let's let Garth Ennis go off the rails. You yes. put the graphic in your graphic novel. <laughs> I think they don't talk about that one as much. They don't praise it as much because it's not part of continuity. But it's so much better than Punisher. Continuity parts are so boring. Yeah, you want stuff when it's out of continuity, they're usually better because they let you be more creative and, you know, they don't tie your hand. You, you know, the thing about Punisher, he's a character that kills people. That's his character. He murders the bad guy. He murders him pretty bad. Or her. Pretty goddamn bad. But in Marvel continuity, I remember this in the Nathan Edmondson Punisher run from last year, which is trash. He fought Electro. And he didn't kill Electro. Same with Rucka's run. He fought oh, Vulture and didn't kill Vulture. He's fought quite a few people who haven't killed him. He's fought Spider-Man. He's well, yeah, fought I can't do not yeah, kill when Spider-Man. Can, can but, but yeah, the, when can, he can't kill those characters because they got to use them for later stories. I know, but that's you see, the, here's where Punisher was good in Marvel continuity. Okay, Civil War's happening. He's running out of ammo, and he's running. There's nothing going on. He's just he's out of resources. And Stiltman comes because Stiltman hasn't been used in like two decades. And Stiltman's like, I'm a superhero now. And then he blows his brains out with a shotgun. Yeah, that, oh, that is Punisher being used correctly. Yeah, did you see him? And he also like kill a couple heroes when they showed up to Captain America's Secret Avengers or something, I or like forward bad guys. Yeah. yeah, that's when he got his head when they used him that way. Just, like, did you guys see Daredevil where he came out and he just shot on the show? Punisher came out and he just shot like this guy that was laying on the floor with a shotgun in the face, and they show like the whole face blow up. Yeah, it's just, it's just Punisher Max. The whole they just let Garth Ennis do what he does best, which is the most brutal things humanly possible. I mean, it was not crossed. Where I'm pretty sure they <laughs> on a government list if you buy crossed. <laughs> be on this watch list. Have you read Daredevil Max? I have not read Daredevil Max. I read oh, Black Widow Max. No, to read Daredevil Max, um, I, with the Max storylines are good because, how you said, they let characters just they could do whatever they want with them and it doesn't affect continuity. Read it. Uh, I don't read. I don't like that much the regular Daredevil runs. It's like. It tries too hard to be funny, but read that one. I don't know. Um, I've read Black Widow Max. I've read Alias Max, which is the other Widow. big one. Um, we all remember that uh, lovely uh, butt sex scene in there, <laughs> which I never thought I'd read in a comic. I, I, Bill looks like he's going to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Bill, Bill, stop taking the Xanax. Not good for you. It's not good for you. It's probably it's why you have all that gray skin. Uh. <laughs> God damn. Um. But yeah, I th we're running out of steam here. This podcast is slowly snowballing. Oh, thank God. Shut up, Ellen. <laughs> no, sorry. Just, while you guys were talking about, while you guys were talking about, um. A comic, uh, other Rebirth comics. I have no idea. I was looking at. I was finally getting a chance to actually look at the new Liberty expansion pack, and there are no Rebels characters in this one. 
That was close. That was close. Because the Imperial, the one, my one problem with the Imperial Interdictor one they released yesterday is all, all three Criffing officer cards are from Rebels. Dylan, just cross-pollinate the cannons. That's what they want you to do. I'm, I'm going to buy this game. I'm going to buy this expansion. And I'm going to take those three cards and just burn them. Because... <laughs> just make your own characters out of them. No. Dylan, no. why are you being not imaginative? No. I can't I'm use those characters. I don't like things that aren't, don't go my way. That sounds more like uh, like uh, Edward there, but you know, uh, like like he always says, it's good to weave when you're angry at something. Twisting. Someone witnessed that awfulness. Go check out Django Fett's channel. Star Wars reviewers hang out number what three? I guess so. Five. <laughs> I think it was three, yeah. Yeah, where Edward dressed like the Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't even see the pre show with trying to get him on there to, to actually speak. It was a lot of coaxing, me being irritated. Although I did come up with the Edward drinking after that. Which I will not explain on here because several people will die from alcohol. J-Rocks, what are you doing? Um, checking on my Twitter real quick. I got some messages. It sounded like you were crunching a plastic bottle. <laughs> nah, it's the buttons on the laptop. Oh, so... Jesus. All right, this show's over. Wait, <laughs> we, need to, we need to answer the questions from last week. Oh, we didn't answer... Dylan, why, why are you dropping the ball here? Fucking, I was the one that said we should answer the water bottles and Bill's falling asleep. Yes. Bill, you can go. No, Bill can't go. No, Bill can't go. He's got to be up for work for four hours, but he can't go. He's got to listen to the questions from last week. Got to. I got to get him in. <laughs> All right. Actually, Bill can go because I know Dark Stovia's question is going to take an hour. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. So I am so getting into Dark Snovia's 53-part question, I actually, I've seen, honestly, Dark Snovia, no offense, I have seen um, I have seen posts from Darth Harasser, which are shorter than your questions. Let me just say that right now. subterfuge <laughs> anymore. Anyway. Jeremy, if you hated the new canon so much... Sorry if it's a short so story, but that's how I roll. Are you a masochist? Why am I a masochist? Because it's a burden to be wonderful like me. All right, next question. Um, how bad do you think it would be if Star Wars expanded your fighting game in the style of Soul Calibur? Would you play that kind of game? Uh, yeah. They made one. Uh, I'm, I'd play um, a even. I'd even play a sequel to the one fighting game we had, which I can't remember the name of. Yeah, but it, that one was really bad. I think it's uh, that Star Wars fighting game in, in uh, PlayStation One. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> it's interesting. Marvel, 
you had Marvel vs. Comic-Con, you had Mortal Kombat, then you had that garbage. <laughs> I mean, I, I think my, in all honesty, my favorite fighting game is actually Shaq Fu. Oh, is, really? That's awesome. It's such a wonderful <laughs> game. Never have I known a game where you can actually speed up the combat so it's like you're both walking on soap, wet soap, and sliding around. <laughs> that, is, that game is a fucking gem and should be put in a museum. That game is Marvel vs. Kong Kong Part 2. Uh, it's not as good as Shaq Fu. Not as good as Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu's the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those great, great gems. That'd be, um, I would love a Soul Calibur Star Wars game. That'd be awesome. Oh, which one? I mean, Star Wars was in Soul Calibur 4, technically. Wow. I refer to a whole roster of characters of Star Wars. Okay, yeah. I'd be game for that. What company would you like to see uh, make that? Uh, um, not Dice or EA or LK. What about Nanto Bandai? Bandai. What about? Have you guys seen? Have you guys heard of um, Killer Instinct? No. That video game. It's a fighting video game. It's made by Rare. I wouldn't mind seeing them make a Star Wars fighting game. I don't trust Rare anymore after. Um, were they the ones who made Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts? Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> that game is blasphemy. Yeah, you've ruined your name. Yeah, they got a fighting game, but it's pretty good. So I wouldn't mind seeing the fighting system they use. I wouldn't mind seeing that system on a Star Wars game with a Star Wars characters, but the same game. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, next question. Um, let's see. How would you feel if they put Rey and Kylo Ren in the original Expanded Universe if it was continued? Would he be okay with it? No, I would I not. I explained the only way this would be good. I explained it. Other space, Jaina sees like a reflection and it's Rey. It's a glimpse. And then nothing more. <laughs> no. That's the only way I'd be okay with that. No, I'm agree I'm with um Yeah, no. Of course you are. You can go see it's all about shit on Jeremy, you know. Jeremy's human garbage. He's the honky devil. <laughs> see, you're so boring, Bill's falling asleep, Dylan. <sighs> My final question is what is the worst Star Wars game you ever played? Oh god. This is actually a tough one because I don't know if I played a bad Star Wars game. I have played a couple. Any of the Dave Filoni Clone Wars games? Those were really bad. Oh, okay, yeah, Lego, yeah, yeah. Those. How were bad. bad are they? Star Wars Connect might be the worst. That was relatively awful. What about favorite Star Wars games? Favorite? Uh, J Rocks, that's a whole topic for another podcast. <laughs> Battlefront 2. It's an easy question. I, it's not an easy question for me, Bill. There's like five. Okay. 
Bill, well, back up, back up. Actually, What's wrong with Battlefront 2? Jedi Starfighter is pretty awful. No, he asked what was the favorite. Oh, okay. Bill, go to bed. What's there, like one question left? I like Battlefront. That was good. I like Battlefront 2. I like all the Battlefronts. Uh, yeah, I have to go with Star Wars Connect is worst. <laughs> because that didn't even try to hide it was a cash grab. Do you remember it had the it, R2-D2 360 and C-3PO skin connect? It was just so cash grabby. It was cringeworthy. Okay, um, and then there's another 800-part question from Dark Acolyte 22 who also had the uh, topic discussion. But skipping over the topic discussions, I'm pretty sure we're going to go through all those, yeah, those on one of the next one. Shows. Would you rather Lego make a center point station or the watchtower? Watchtower. Center point station. Center point. I mean, it would have to be a UCS center point, center point station. But I'm glad I'm in the minority here. Why can't we have both? Is both an answer? No. <laughs> Shut up, Dylan. This next one is an easy question. Do you prefer Dooku's Dark Acolytes or the Darth Crates One Sith? Darth Crates One Sith. Far. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Dooku's Sith Acolytes, though. They were cool. But Darth Krayt's one Sith, uh, whole Sith Empire thing was really interesting. It was the best part of that series. Anything else, Dylan? I think that's it. Yeah. Hmm. All um, right. Other than the questions we answered last time. The show's ending, people. Thank you for watching. Oh, before we leave, if you're a member of Star Wars Reviewers and you haven't voted on my poll say to say what I read next, do that. It ends in, The poll ends in two days. And then um, one more thing I'd like to ask. Uh, we do kind of two kind of uh, different types of podcasts. The ones like when we did the Rise and Fall of Dark Horse or the Collecting one when we actually have a topic, or the ones like this when we just kind of talk about nothing and then hanging around for like an hour. Which do you guys prefer? Just so we know uh, what to do more often. We'll do it. We'll try to do it at least. We'll try to vary it up as well. But I don't know. I'm just curious to see what you guys like more. All six of you who are watching this. We're up to nine at one point. Wow. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Alright, everyone. Show's over. Go to bed, Bill. Good night, everyone. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.